here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. All right, shake them ropes. Rob McCarron here, Jeff Hawkins, with us as usual. Got some exciting stuff to get into. I'm actually excited for this show, Jeff. For the first time in a couple of weeks, we had what I felt was a, a much stronger Raw than we've seen for a while. Got me enthused. We've had some returns some interesting news, a lot of stuff to kind of sink into also on the controversial side. There's just a lot going on. A lot, a lot, a lot. But first, Jeff, how are you? I'm excited that this is a very special edition of Shake Them Ropes in which we have a bet going and you think that success is based on breeding and I think success is based on environment. I have no information about what he just said, so... Uh... <laughs> it's, it's, and we're betting $1 on it. Oh, I see what you're doing. Aha! Uh-huh. I see what you're doing. This obviously a reference to Triple H and Stephanie betting a dollar on Raw. Not only that, but... Just there wanted were, to point that out. Well, there were two references. Because I watched the show, just so you know. Oh, did you, did, did you, do you, know that, <laughs> you know that that's basically the plot of Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd? Is it? Yes, and they had and they made a callback to it in John Cena's promo when he referenced the name Billy Ray Valentine, which is the name of the Eddie Murphy character. So did some writer this weekend just watch that movie and say, "Hey, let's work in some references because that's think, way too much think, of a coincidence." I think Vince McMahon may have actually just seen Trading Places, which came out in 1981. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's I a don't classic. Know. It's a, it's a great great comedy. Okay. It, it really is. It, it's it, Oh, I believe you. Oh, no, it's it's just, it's one of my favorite movies I've, from the 80s. I've seen it before. I just wouldn't be able to quote anything, because that's one of the movies where I watched it, but I didn't really remember anything from it. We are from different generations, Rob. Right. But you know what I remember? <laughs> what's the, the Alamo? Mov- what's the movie with Michael Keaton? Is it Johnny Dangerously? Johnny uh, which, Dangerously, which, I'm pretty which sure. Which one? The one where he, play, where he, play, where where he, he plays Where he plays Johnny Dangerously. Well, I'm, I mean, what, well, there's a yes. lot of Michael Keaton movies. Yes, where he uh, plays the mobster. Yes, and he has and the car, and they keep saying over the uh, over the police signal, you know, what color his car is, and he keeps peeling off paint to reveal it a different color, until finally it's like polka dots and checkers. That's that's Joe Piscopo's best role. Joe Piscopo's in that movie. Johnny Dangerously yeah. came out in '84, so look at that. I just threw a 1980s movie in your face. Training Places may not have been 81. It might have been a little bit later than that. I think it might have been 84 or so, or 83. Johnny Dangerously. Ah, Johnny Dangerously is, is funny, too, but it's it's lost a lot of its luster. I saw it in the theaters. Oh, jeez, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I'm looking it up right now just because this is the first time I've thought of that movie in maybe 10 years, when it used other, to actually play on Comedy Central quite often. Other than the Heyman reference? That's where you got Paul E. Dangerously yes. from. Other was than it? the Heyman, yes, I know. Other than oh. the Heyman reference. All but right. geez, I mean, Heyman came out as Pauly Dangerously over 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think its rating is on Rotten Tomatoes? Johnny Dangerously starring Michael Keaton, Joe Piscopo, Mary Lou Henner. Mm, she was hot back in the day. And Maureen Stapleton. Maureen Stapleton. Dom DeLuise plays the Pope, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um... Dom DeLuise is an American treasure. Danny DeVito, Cannon- look at this cast. Cannonball Run, yo. Go watch it. Um, I'm guessing it's probably somewhere in the 30s because it did not get good reviews. I am enthralled by this cast here. It's it, a very uh, good cast. 47%. Okay. 40, not bad. You see, all the, all the movies that are out now are just getting reamed. On I sites believe, like Rotten Tomatoes. I believe Michael O'Keefe is also in that movie. He of Caddyshack and ex-husband of Bonnie Raitt fame. Yes. Speaking of <laughs> movies and actors and brilliant performances, 
We are going to begin today's episode with Shake Them Ropes with a game, if you will. I'm going to call it Anything or Nothing. Would you like to play a game? We're going to go over some quick hits, Mm. quick things that happened over the weekend and on Raw. And we're going to answer the question if it is anything or if it is nothing. And the first one we are going to do is a little surprising news after Raw. Immediately after Raw, ring announcer Justin Roberts was let go. It was announced on WWE.com that he was no longer going to be with the company. Justin Roberts released as a ring announcer from WWE. Jeff, is this anything or is this nothing? Overall, it's nothing. It's anything for him, being that he started with the company and is, you know, how long was he with there? 13? And he's 34? 12 years. 2002 was his first shows. I mean, he spent his 20s and part of his 30s in there. But, I mean, overall for the enhancement of the product, not a lot. Um, And he wasn't let go. It's just his contract wasn't renewed. There is a difference in there. Yeah, but he was let go. I mean, obviously they don't want him anymore. He's let go. Well, it's it's a simple cost-cutting measure to let a contract run out and just not resign a guy. Um, I think Justin Roberts has a future in hosting of some kind if he ever wanted to make the jump to L.A. So, I mean, I think he'll be fine, but overall, it's nothing. It's nothing for WWE because no one's going to remember the ring announcer. Oh, they'll, re- they'll remember one thing from Justin Roberts, re- or two. They'll remember John Cena. He was really and, enthusiastic about John Cena, and then the second one, go ahead. Uh, if it ever makes the network and not edit it out, Daniel Bryan choking him with a tie. Yeah, and I don't, I'm sure someday maybe the unedited version, but I, I'm pretty sure they've just fixed that show, like, the show in history now does not include that camera angle. And by fixed, you mean neutered. They they fixed. Well, yeah, whatever the case may be. <laughs> I mean, do you really need to see Daniel Bryan choking a guy? It's not going to add anything to the show. Whatever. Oh, it adds to me. Okay. I, that was my favorite part of it. That was That's probably his biggest moment in WWE. Um, you know, Undertaker, when he would now announce The Undertaker, he was pretty unique with. And then The Undertaker. Yes. WWE. Champion. Yes. Yeah. Justin but Roberts, overall, no longer there. Um, the question no. remains as to who is going to take over um, next week if Eden Styles maybe moves up to do SmackDown. She's been on the SmackDown shows doing main events. She's been a backstage interviewer for the app on Raw, as we'll get into next. Tony Schimmel doing double duty. Tony, Tony Schimmel can come back uh, and do SmackDown. You could have Lillian move over to Raw. You never know. Is Lillian still with them? Lillian is the full-time announcer on SmackDown. Shows you how... how. Tony Schimmel (laughs) hasn't actually announced a SmackDown in, I think, over a year. (laughs) You ask if it's anything or nothing, and I can't remember who the ring announcers are right now. Just bring back the Fink think that I think that answers the question that it might be nothing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, long-term, I don't think this is anything. bring Bring back the Asian woman from NXT. Angela Fong, oh, I think was her I, name. She did it for me. I like Eden. Eden's uh, she's good people. Eden's, I like her. Yeah, she's gonna be uh, doing just fine. And then Byron Saxton actually announced NXT <laughs> at the tapings. <laughs> I was there. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the announcer just full time there at this point. What a geek he's become. Byron Saxton. Uh, he was very upset that people would chant different things at him at the NXT shows, but the that's a different story. Milk toast announcer in the stable right now. Brad Maddox returned at a WWE house show in Macon, Georgia. It was his turn to do the great Kali gimmick where he wrestles a match and loses and then calls out a second opponent and it's Kali to chop him. Brad Maddox returning. Is this anything or nothing? Overall, it's nothing, but it's something to uh, those of us who like him. He he was out here in L.A. doing improv shows with a couple of wrestlers. He did it with uh, Morrison and I believe Joey Ryan and uh, a couple guys from the Curtain jerks podcasts that are friends of uh friends of the friends of me so um <laughs> i mean he's, he's been he's been uh doing different things in his videos i like him uh, i could see him in something like an above average mike sanders type of role this is uh, and his promo was great on the on the app he was on the wwe app he did a promo with eden styles where Eden was just going through her what next, you know, what's happening next on Raw type spiel. And then Brad Maddox comes out and Eden turns and says, oh, it's it's you. It's it's Brad Maddox in the most unflattering way. Brad shows up, cool and slicked hair, 
better than ever. And goes on to talk about how he's been at home and how no one will book him. So he drove on his own dime from North Carolina to Macon, Georgia, or I guess wherever Raw was, Atlanta, to get on this show. And he's going to keep driving and keep spending his own money to be noticed and get back to where he was because he's lost everything. Oh, hi, Brad Maddox. You remembered my name. You are so sweet. You want to know how I got here? I drove here on my own dime. You want to know why I drove here on my own dime? Because nobody booked me a flight. Here's a better question. You want to know where I've been for the last five months? I've been sitting at home in Charlotte, North Carolina, jobless. Have you ever lost everything? No, because you never had anything. You were never the general manager of Monday Night Raw. And now I can't get on my own show. I've been training for six and a half years. Six and a half years, I've been waiting on someone to hear my voice. Not something the authority told me to say. My voice. And at some point, someone is going to have to pay attention. Brad Maddox is awesome. I have been on the Brad Maddox train since he was ending his wrestling days in NXT, or Florida Championship Wrestling at the time. He was becoming a ref. Then he showed up all of a sudden on Raw as a ref. And I'm like, wait a second here. I know Brad Maddox is the wrestler from FCW. I think something's going on here. And then, of course, we would find out that he was part of the Shield and CM Punk storyline as the, as the heel referee. Brad Maddox is great. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they missed an opportunity with him uh, pre-GM because it looked like he was a pretty good manipulator behind the scenes in terms of the Shield and maybe even working with Paul E. And I think the moment they had the Shield beat him down, he kind of lost everything in terms of character development, and they just kind of brought him out to be kind of a stumbling boob, to be honest with you. I like him. I, I mean, I find him... I found the intensity in in the in the promo uh, believable. Yeah, uh, I, I, oh, I don't, absolutely. I don't, I don't think... Uh, I think there's a little bit... It, 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 it tiptoed around the line of a little bit too insider baseball in terms yeah, it's of... it's on the app. It's on the I, app. I, Who cares? I, I get... And, and yeah, and that's why I can forgive it. But overall, I mean, I... Half the guys on the roster can't cut a promo like that. No, he's he's excellent on the mic. And that's, I mean, you got to figure that's why he wasn't wrestling when he was up on WWE. They thought, okay, maybe this guy's not going to be much of a wrestler. I mean, he's a fi- he's fit, he's thick, but he's kind of a small guy. But didn't he can talk. Him, didn't they have him lose to uh, Zack Ryder? Maybe. I know he lost that big match against Randy Orton when he was fighting for his job. Oh, yeah. No, I know that. But I meant, I meant, I meant in this comeback. In his comeback. Oh, yeah, on one, the uh, at one, house shows? At one, the, at one of the tapings, yeah. Um, or at yeah, the house show. Yeah, it might have been Zack Ryder. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, he lost to Zack Ryder, then he calls out a second opponent thinking it was unfair, and it's Kali, and Kali does the uh, chop. Uh, of course he does. That's the gimmick. That's... People want to see Kali. No, they don't. No, they I don't want to see Brad Maddox. Hey, I'll watch Brad Maddox in two matches. Why not? Sure. But you know what I would have to do in between those two matches from Brad Maddox? sit through an ad on the WWE Network. <laughs> WWE Network is going to start airing ads in between Oops. programs and then before certain on-demand content, ads on the WWE Network. Is this anything or is this nothing? Oh, it's anything. And uh, this could backfire on them badly. Uh, it, it's going to drive you know those in the know to just stream from whatever devices they're streaming from, like YouTube or whatnot, to find adless things. Can I can I tell you the first flaw right there? Because if um, you're going on YouTube to see a short clip because you're right. annoyed of the ad on the WWE Network, no, I, I get that, but there are ad blockers on on YouTube you can use. You're going to see the ad. I, I get that. I just think it's it's poor planning. It's poor business management on their part and it really shows just how cynical this network is in terms of how how it how the w how the company views it in my opinion um am i crazy you know, am i crazy here because i, I seem I, to remember i know chris harrington on this very podcast said that it's gonna have to happen we talked six months ago about how ads were going to be on this wwe network ads were going on here from all time 
The fact that they hadn't put it on for six months, I consider we're in borrowed time already because I figured ads were going on here in month number one. Oh, no, I figured it would as well. I just, I just, I still think it's, I mean, it doesn't make the other stuff I just said not true. I think it's going to I'm going to find a way to make it not true. Well, I mean, find that it, way. It, to to my point, it, it's it's branding and revenue streams and buzzwords like that, as opposed to making an enjoyable product for the people to, you know, I mean, it all, it, a lot of it depends on how many ads you're getting here. Uh, I also think it also depends on if I think what they're going to do with it is they're going to now say, well, if you don't want those ads, you can pay three bucks more a month. And get the no ad oh. version, the WWE Network Deluxe Package. I can definitely see at some point them doing something like that. So what I'm doing now is I am bringing up the WWE Network. I am going to see if I see an ad before watching this episode of NXT. Nope, I don't. It just goes right into it. The WWE is a big commercial, so I mean... Well, that's the thing. I mean, there are ads for their own programs they, are, in between are shows. They gonna, are they going to be ads for their own programs or from other sponsors? I mean, am this, I going to be This seeing, time it's going to be other sponsors. They, okay. They're announcing, I mean, I think AdAge came out with an article that says Pepsi is involved, and I'm I, that was a little surprising because no, I'm, I'm a subscriber to MLB TV, and you see ads for, you know, cans of paint. Like, yeah. not the most high-end sponsors of all time, and if Pepsi's going to be included in it, that's not. I'm going to bring up Bad Blood 2003 with a main event of Goldberg versus Chris Jericho and Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels and Nash and, Hall, or Nash and Triple H. Wow, I want to actually watch this show. This is going to be the rest of the Shake Them Ropes episode. Us watching Bad Blood 2003. Um, Wait, why'd you bring it up? I'm mesmerized <laughs> because I wanted to see if an ad came up on in-demand oh. content. And it has... Oh. I am seeing an ad right now that is lasting 15 seconds for puretalkusa.com. It is a cell phone commercial, and it appears that a small child just bit off the thumb of her brother. It's children of the corn. It's I, happening. I don't I... know what's happening, but you know what? It wasn't painful to sit through. Okay. It was 15 seconds. Hulu will have three different ads of 15 seconds before watching an episode of Law & Order SVU. And they have ads every 15 minutes on Hulu. Every they? Wednesday on NBC. Yeah, and this is yeah. 15 seconds, not a big deal. They're going to have obviously. ads during the linear channel, which is, again, not a big deal, because one, I don't think anyone is watching this linear channel. And it's always ads for WWE content in the middle anyway. Right. You Look, know I just... My only thing is I don't want any FarmersOnly.com ads. That's all. Oh, geez. Well, That's all I ask. Those are the worst. I saw one of those somewhere. I don't know where, but I saw yeah. a TV commercial for Farmers Only somewhere. If you have direct TV, they, they run on, Might on, have been it. on that during WWE and UFC programming, and they're just they're written and produced poorly, so... Enzo Amore and Big Cass <laughs> are taking on the VOD villains right now on the linear channel on WWE Network. But yeah, I saw one ad opening up three different programs. I saw one ad. Not the worst thing in the world. That all leads me to say that this really is nothing. Because I think after the initial fervor goes through, I don't think anyone's canceling just because of ads. I really don't. Not at least in large numbers. You can get through a 15 second ad. Yeah, I just, but you know, once you know, give them an inch, they take a mile. If it starts becoming, you know, if you start turning a one hour program into, well, an hour 10, hour 15, it's going to be a problem. Right. Well, we're turning an hour program into an hour and 15 seconds. Well, no, but I mean, like you take a 44 minute program like NXT. And you add all those commercials. Well, they're in not going to make it an hour. Well, that's on, what they said on the net on the network. Then it becomes no, an issue. They're not doing okay. that. The commercials won't be in the middle of the show. They're in between shows. Right. So when NXT is over at fifty after the hour, ten to the hour, that's when you'll get the ads after the well, content. Yes, right now. Oh right yeah. Now I'm just saying eventually. I'm just saying it could yeah, be maybe. a potential issue. Maybe that's potentially they can go in the middle. But right See, now I, this is not, when when that happens. It's anything. Right I'm now, it's nothing. Thinking. I'm forward thinking about this. You, you, you like the WWE just stays in the now. Who's the one six months ago that was talking about how ads are coming? Me. Oh, me and you. No, you were wrong on it. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I want to get Mookie back on the show, too, to talk about the ads on the network because 
I'm sure he'll go into uh, what this means business sense wise, but I gotta, I can't imagine they're making that much money on these ads. Like, first of all, I, I've never heard of Pure Talk USA, so it's probably a good time to be a, a cheap ad buyer, get mm-hmm. money on the network, kind of see if your ad can do well there. But Pepsi, what is Pepsi wasting money on putting ads in the WWE network? Because they're a corporate partner through Mountain Dew. Yeah. I don't know. Boom! Okay. I just don't know if it helps, though. I don't know. Um, The last one might be a little bit longer. I don't know. The Monday Night Wars. You sent me an email wanting to talk about revisionist history. We all know about revisionist history. Oh, man. We'll answer this question first. Then you can go into whatever you wanted to say on the Monday Night Wars. But the Monday Night War documentary at this point, because I actually have stopped watching it, just because I've forgotten about it, because there's nothing of note. The Monday Night Wars documentary in the WWE Network. Has it been anything or nothing? Nothing. So what is this? Because uh, we all know there's revisionist history. WWE won. They can say whatever they want. This might be the worst or the most egregious one yet for Go me. Go for it. The, the ad that they ran on Raw about the cruiserweights, the rise of the cruiserweights. Oh, and yeah. How, um, and how yeah. WCW wasn't really doing anything with them, but when they jumped to WWE, oh, I strongly disagree. The Cruiserweights were the best part of Nitro during their run. The problem was the commentary all plugged the Hogan matches in hour three, but you were having great matches. And when I'm, most of them jumped over to WWE, they weren't used to their full potential. They became, um, they became, uh, hold on. They, I'll, I'll give you that they became, some of them became stronger characters after certain misfires toothless aggression the 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 racial just i've i'll say it the prejudicial treatment of eddie guerrero um you know did was dean malenko better off jumping over was perry saturn hey, he better was off done jumping anyway over? ray mysterio became a shadow of his former self ray, doing, ray mysterio is far more famous in wwe than wcw no no, I'm giving you that, but I'm, I mean, in terms of his matches, he's a shadow of his former self compared to his WCW work. He, he became the same match every time. That's why they booed him during one night stand ECW. He was doing a WWE style match and the crowd didn't want to see that. They wanted to see a wrestling match with him. Uh, yeah, sequence. matches he hadn't done in seven years and he was broke. He was starting to be broken down by then even. That's not the point. Don't, don't boo Raymond. Well, I know that. I'm not hey, you booing Raymond Mysterio Jr. I'm, I'm not booing him. I'm just saying his matches are far different. Oh yeah, they're oh WWE. absolutely. Well, Eddie were, Guerrero was the same were, way. They, he was different. Yeah, it's a different company. It was a different working style. And I mean, you, they were working as main eventers. They were working as heavyweights. They weren't cruiserweights oh, at that on, point. Hold on, hold on. Not not at first. At, they had to be humbled at first. We had toothless aggression for God's sake. And it wasn't until Hunter basically said, I can carry Chris Benoit to a good match that he became the star that he was. And Triple H was right. He did very well working with the young Chris Benoit. Oh, you are <laughs> such a suck up. Oh, my God. I mean, it's the same. One day I same, may want to work for Triple H. You never know. It's the same argument when, when people say Sting wasn't a good worker because he worked with Ric Flair and Ric Flair can carry anybody. It, it, it's, 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 now show me the broomstick that gets high ratings and I'll, and I'll, and I'll cop to that. Are you still heated that I didn't vote for staying in the hall of fame? No, I've gotten over it. Mookie on the other hand, once you get him on, I'm, I'm yelling at that man. No, uh, but, but it's such a, I mean, it's not like WWE treated cruiserweights. Well, look at how they treated Taka and Funaki and men's Teo. And, you know, basically the most memorable thing Taka Michinoko did was, was racist kung fu stuff, choppy choppy my pee pee, and a face plant during a Royal Rumble, I believe, or during a Triple H match. I forget which which it was. That terrible dive he took. I mean, oh yeah, they they, they were saying the same thing we were talking about last week in terms of quote unquote building stars. You put him in the ring with a heavyweight, and he has a good match, but he gets basically squashed. Oh well, he becomes a star after that. They didn't do anything with cruiserweights in the WWE. So, so, so kill that noise. I mean, it's not like Jericho was over instantly either when he came in. He had a great debut and they squandered that a bit too. So, so this thing, and of course, none of them are going to say anything about that because they, you know, they're all good company men. They want to be employed. I get that. And they want residuals. I get that. But, but for WWE to come in here and say they're having better matches than they were having on Nitro and that they're, I mean, bigger star, bigger presence, I'll give you. But better matches? Get out of here with that nonsense. Um, 
Yeah. See, I take it from a broader view where you say they didn't do anything with him when they came in and they didn't do anything with the division, obviously, because they didn't necessarily want a cruiserweight division, let, even though they had re- it for a while. Let me recant that slightly. When the when the radicals came in, they were put in the main event immediately. That ten man for a couple tag, of weeks. That ten man tag was fa- yeah, and then they basically became DX Stooges, and then they be, got all separated and whatnot because they just decided they didn't want to keep them as a stable anymore. And you know, Eddie got injured right away, broke his forearm in that match. So and and then they kind of became uh, guys on the roster. It's not like, I mean, the Dean Malenko lady killer gimmick basically is WWE mocking his lack of personality, much like they do with guys like Lance Storm and Furnace and LaFon. It's, you know, all right, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I mean, you look at, I think the point is that WWE was trying to go after that they could take some sort of credit for, even though, yes, I mean, this whole thing where WWE got the better of the cruiserweight division. That's kind of laughable. Look what WWE but did with Hector Garza compared to WCW. Neither one did anything with him. I mean, let's oh, face I it. I mean, he was better off yeah. in WCW well, at he was, least. He was better off because that's where they you could go, you know, play when you were that size and that yeah. uh, ethnicity and that culture and all that. But Eddie Guerrero, you know, if WCW was around still for five years after they got just over with and Eddie Guerrero stayed, he was never going to be anything there over than what he was. Eddie Guerrero found a place where he can go and become a huge star. Rey Mysterio, huge star in WWE. Chris Benoit, bigger star than ever in WWE. WWE, biggest company oh, wait, in the world. WCW made him their world champion at one point. He did. Ha- was having phenomenal matches with Booker T. Let's not, let's not dismiss not, the WCW nope. thing. Chris Benoit was not a big star in WCW. Oh, I disagree. No, he wasn't. Are you kidding? He was no. the, he was the champion for a he, day. He was the guy they and were left popping. the company. He was one of the guys the that next they day. Pop- if you went to Nitros in that era from ninety late ninety five on till he left, he was one of the guys getting huge pops there. The fact that he wasn't pushed like a big star doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't a big star to the people in the audience. Malenko got great reactions. Jericho got great reactions. These guys were stars. That's why they were pushed so hard when they got to WWE. They weren't stars. I'm sorry, but they weren't stars until WWE. Chris Benoit wasn't a star. I mean, people, he was like the Rick Steiner, where people were happy to see him, that they were going to WWE shows. He was a big star within that company, but he wasn't a big star. He was a big... He, Chris Benoit was not a big star. Chris Benoit got monster pops as a member of the Horsemen. Well, that's what I'm saying. When you go to, as a w, WCW fan, going to one of their shows, you are excited to see Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit is not a star outside of WCW fandom and not the biggest star within WCW to begin with. He was never one of the biggest stars. Never. WWE, at one point, he was one of the biggest stars who was main eventing pay-per-views. And this, to me, doesn't seem like even an arguable point. Well, no, I'll say he was, he was a, well, like I said, he was having bigger matches in WCW and he was a more of a presence eventually when, when, once Triple H and HBK attached their star to him and he got to work with a guy like Benoit. He was part of the SmackDown 6. Are you telling me that the SmackDown 6 were big? I mean, they, they were relegated to the B show. I mean, I get, I get your point overall, yes, but can't say he got better treatment necessarily. I mean, he was shipped off to ECW towards the end of his career. That's fine. All right. He was a bigger star. WWE. Not even close. But the Monday Night War. Yeah, Vince McMahon's a genius. He makes everything better. Blah, blah, blah. Actually, come to think of it, he is pretty pretty much a smart booker, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Look at all these guys he's gotten over. Oh, my gosh. Look at all these stars. Sting's never been as over as he is now. WWE. Stamp it. Hashtag booking genius. Uh, Monday Night War is nothing now. I mean, I was excited for it. Call me nostalgic. What are you going to do? It just but feels dishonest to I've, I've the seen layman. It. I've seen it five different times through five right. different sources at this point because they just keep splicing video to video and changing up the look a little bit to be able to call it a new show. So, yeah, that's nothing. But I suppose we actually have to talk about what actually happened this week in WWE, Jeff. We have to. All right. We have to. 
Before we get to this week, talking about pole matches and <sighs> Bella brawls, mm. what do you want to talk about on SmackDown from last week? What did you think of it being an anniversary show? Um, seeing as how it's one of the few episodes of SmackDown I watch a year, because I did watch for the anniversary aspect, I the best part of the show was Stephanie. the Rock and Triple H segment, but the second best part was indeed Stephanie dancing to Adam Rose's music. We'll get into that. That was awesome, and that put her up no. again. No. On no. the top. No. Of the Wrestling Observer year-end so wrong. Best Non-Wrestler Award, Stephanie McMahon. It, to a pretty sizable margin, I dare say, that Stephanie now has a bigger lead on Paul Heyman than she has at any point this year. I am locking in my vote. In fact, that's I am writing the email to Dave and saving it as a draft with that vote already in place. Locked it up. Signed. Boom. Stephanie for best non-wrestler. Make it happen, guys. Hashtag authority. Hashtag Steph Bouncy. Hashtag SmackDown 15. You done digging that hole? There's no hole to dig here. And you know oh, what? Yeah. I would love digging a hole in front of Stephanie McMahon. Adding, you know, she, she bury you. She in can it dance too. all over me if she wants to. Dance on your grave. Dirt so, sheet writer. It's a little uh a little dark. This was a happy time. I you know, it's it's funny to me because he they <laughs> all the promos for the anniversary show. They didn't show anything that was that was earlier than six or seven years ago. So it's just how SmackDown has become nothing as opposed to anything. To recap Raw and do the same stuff and just have holding pattern stuff. I enjoyed Laurinaitis. For some reason, he's grown on me as a performer in terms of being a, a crappy, you know, empty suit. But, uh, you know. I, I, who did the, you know? I'm 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 in the camp, and we'll get into this later. I'm in the camp that the Stephanie dancing thing served nobody except Stephanie. That's, how did that, how did that help Adam Rose in any way, shape, or form? Adam Rose, Adam Rose, Adam Rose should not get any help. The dude is over. Not the and point. not by over over. I mean over as not in done. No, this is so the point because it's Adam Rose. It's not going to put him over because he shouldn't be put over. It helps everybody. It helps those watching the show. It was entertaining. Stephanie is awesome. She's the dancer. And you want to see at some point, this is where the trouble happens. At some point, you want to see Stephanie get hers because she is this cocky, overwhelming boss. And you want to see her and Triple H get theirs. They did it at WrestleMania. They got theirs at WrestleMania. And they were right back on Monday. Yeah. And here they are. It's the same here issue they are. with Cena. Same At some point, someone's going to get over on him. And you know who it's going to be? John Cena. Probably. <laughs> but you know who else it might be? The face that runs the place. Randy Orton. Yeah. Randy Kennedy Keith Orton. All right. That's all I had to say about SmackDown. Let's move on to Raw. Yeah, Stephanie was the best part of SmackDown. Uh-huh. Um. Have you seen, before we get into the Raw, these Randy yes. Orton vines? Yes. I love them. They're great. I, this was... They make all, me laugh to no end. Yeah, I don't know all why. of a sudden, this has been a big thing. There's been a few out there for quite some time. All of a sudden, they're getting a lot of press. But yeah, there's the one. What is Certain, certain things will make me laugh to no end and entertain me to no end and they all involving pro wrestling. That... Uh, putting like monster dunks or things to the to the to Jr. Calling them, I find yeah. those funny. You, I think you no tweeted out reason. one. You tweeted out one where he's giving the RKO to that Canadian uh, yes. ice hockey. You know, doing the national anthem. He's going around the skating rink and and he trips over the carpet that's laid out like an idiot. And RKO does the RKO. There's one where he's uh, chasing somebody. So you see this still picture of Randy Orton running. He catches up and then does the pose with that wacky, like, what's happening face. I can't get enough of these. I need more of them to exist. It's like canyon cutters are back. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. I I need more of these to exist, man. I am liking the Randy Orton vines. 
Randy Orton and Seth Rollins is the match I am looking forward to the most outside of Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. It's a true statement. I'm looking forward to that one. Hmm. I am. I'm look, I like these slow builds. You finally do a slow build because right now Seth Rollins and Randy Orton are on the same team, but you know at some point Randy's going to be upset. He's going to get action taken on Seth Rollins, and these two are going to fight, and it's going to be a pissed-off Randy Orton. And you know what? Pissed-off Randy Orton is fun to watch. You didn't find... Oh, you didn't find it just a little bit uh, shoehorned in for rushing sake this week? It was weird this week, if only because Seth because Rollins is facing... Because they were on the same page last week. Seth so Rollins... Well, they've been on the same page. They haven't been on the same page, actually, for several weeks. Randy Orton has continually, continuously been upset that he's fighting Seth's battles. He'll do it because he's the good soldier. But at some point, he's not going to be the good soldier anymore. That's the story. Right now, it was weird. It wasn't weird because of that. It was weird because Seth Rollins is facing Dean Ambrose, this heated enemy he has, who he put out through concrete. Yet Seth and Dean have not had that much interaction outside of the continuous three-on-two matches these fellows all seem to have. But on this show especially, on this show especially, Dean Ambrose had his deal with John Cena in a pretty lame contract match, but at the same time, I don't care. As long as they actually had a real pay-per-view main event by the end of the show, that's all that mattered. But Seth Rollins and Randy Orton doing their little thing on this Raw kind of took away the Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose momentum to me, as did the ending of the contract match where John Cena just didn't care that he lost after caring so much that he was willing to fight the only person that would team with him. All, all the heat in that feud is uh, they have to build it up something fierce on Monday. And my fear when they first put the match on well, free TV was, ooh, they have a week to put their toe in the water and see if it's okay, and they can always change it next week. I hope they don't. Uh, from all indications in terms of the announced main event on Raw, um, they're not going to, which is a good thing. Uh, just nobody wants to see Cena Orton. Um, yeah, I mean, if this is what actually leads, well, the the crazy thing is what is going to be the main event of Hell in a Cell? Because that's the question. That was, that was to me, to me, it's a hundred percent that it should be Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. That's the match that has the heat behind it. That's the match that has this month long, couple of month long story behind it. But, can you feel can you feel the hesitancy to make that the main event from from corporate and saying they're not big enough stars? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can feel that. I can feel that in the tone and the way they talk about it. Yeah, I can absolutely feel like if you want to build up the Randy Orton John Cena matches being the most important because of the John Cena name and the fact that you have people still buying pay-per-views out there in the world, you can you can build that up as the main event if you want to because I'm still going to be more excited for Dean and Seth in a cage. But when the time comes to run that show, you have to put Dean and Seth on last because it is time now Mm -hmm. to build it up however you want. But when when it comes time to do the show, make that the match that feels the most important. Make those two guys feel the most important because they should be. Yes. yes, if they, if, 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 if they continue to push this Orton versus Cena is the true main event and they're trying to make it part of the Orton-Rollins uh, angle, all they're doing is they're taking away the heat from the real main event match on the show. And it's, it's going to shoot, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot if they do, if they do. I'm not saying they will, but it's, oh, it feels like it. It feels like it. And, and right now, perception is reality. Yeah, I, I'm... I would not be surprised if they do. That is the main event. The John Cena, Randy Orton match for either the 19th or the 24th time. I haven't counted myself, but there are conflicting reports out there. I'm pretty sure it's 24. They've wrestled a lot against each other on pay-per-view. They're the only two guys the company has true faith in other than Brock. Maybe. Yeah. And I don't even know if they have a hundred percent faith in Brock, Yeah, but I know they have 100% faith in John Cena. They have faith in Randy Orton. The Randy Orton-Dolph Ziggler match was awesome on Raw. I thought this week the matches were great and they were long. It's just everything else was kind of bad. I thought most of the promos were poor. 
I wasn't I a big fan. Well, the best promo on the show happened on the app. Yes. I was not a fan so much of the Seth Rollins Jack Swagger match. I liked the mm-hmm. Rollin or the Orton and uh, Ziggler match. Oh, and I hated the main event. I the main event was nothing. You know, it was what was going to happen late. But yeah, that was for these two guys who have been battling each other to get a shot at Seth Rollins. That was just a weak way to end it. No one cared. Dean Ambrose was making it into a joke. John Cena didn't care at the end. But yeah, the best. Goes... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to go into the, the pole match here. Go ahead. The best match in the show. Well, you know what's happening is because I'm a little distracted because I never actually turned off Bad Blood 2003. <laughs> Still going. Son of a. So did you it, do this with Dinsmore? No. I did not, okay. actually. I did not. Um, and if you want to check out that Nick Dinsmore yes. show with Eugene, go to shakethemropes.com or voicesofwrestling.com. You can catch our interview with Nick Dinsmore at Shake Them Ropes. But, it's really good. It's really, yeah, really good. I thought I'm I was a- excellent. Nick Dinsmore, he was all right. I was uh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time. Nick Dinsmore is awesome. But, but, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, I had Bad Blood 2003. Thir- turned on so pardon me if i seem distracted a little bit but the main event on the show on raw the match i like the most and maybe i'm in the minority here i probably am because i think ziggler and orton's getting the praise i was a big fan of rusev and big show all right i i liked it (laughs) as i said i liked it up until american exceptionalism won the day rusev and big show (laughs) When you, you said two, you had two guys uh-huh. beating up Rusev. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what I did? I think they did that because I think the split's coming soon. Yeah, I oh, know it's others com- it's coming at Hell in the Cell. I think. Yeah, I know others kind of took this as them not splitting up as quickly now, and maybe going further with it. But I think that meant the split's coming within the next two weeks. Oh yeah, definitely. So go the two on one because that'll put heat on the split, and Rusev can get the better of both of them. You know. So that, I wasn't a big deal with that, but I thought the intensity Big Show showed him coming out, you know, very strong in the beginning. Rusev was getting beat down. The crowd was really into it. And then Rusev just took over, which is his MO. You know, he can be vulnerable early because he's still young at this. I mean, he's been in WWE for less than nine months. He has some of the best reactions on the roster, and he showed a lot of his athleticism in this match. I really enjoyed it. This is why it is crazy to me. These people who out there are thinking that Rusev is just a one-note, go-nowhere gimmick, and he's going to be just another mid-card geek in a year. He is not Vladimir Kozlov. He is not the Great Kali. He is not Tensai. Because say what you want about Tensai, his work in Japan, in America, he was never a charismatic guy who can carry a segment on his own or a match on his own. Never. Rusev, there is something with this guy. I don't think too many people are giving him credit, but this is going to be one of your top guys for years to come. I have a concern, and that is his promos are starting to border on the comedy, even if they start out unintentionally so. And I can see that. Go, and, they're, and they're letting him go longer on the mic. Which is a good thing, but if they're going to, you know, I'm, you know, the uh, malapropisms in the in the English language and whatnot. If they continue with that, I'm a little concerned they're going to turn him into a wacky big guy. He's. It's funny because he'll speak almost perfect English, yet they're kind of selling it, and with his actual words, they're selling it like it's broken English, kind of. Right. Yeah, it's so perfect with great inflection that you know this guy speaks English. That what? Why is it, you know, going like this? But in a sense, I can kind of see like this guy who's a foreigner who can speak English enough. He knows enough to try to be threatening, but doesn't exactly know what he's saying when he's being threatening. So I buy it. I don't think it's full on comedy. I definitely get your point in how it's kind of subtle comedy because it's unintended. But I'm not there yet with this. I, I'll see where they go with the promos. But I'm loving the whole package with Lana and Rusev. And I love Rusev in the ring. I don't think the package stops when the match starts. I, I think Rusev has nowhere to go but up in ring. I, I really want to see him go with a guy who can go for a while. And then and then kind of 
you know, if Kurt Angle and his prime were around, I'd love to see that match. Rusev and Kurt Angle is WWE's Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's the match where you're not going to get a bump like TNA got going from 10,000 pay-per-view buys to 60,000 in one month because of the dream match type of aspect, but you're going to get some big time interest and there is no one better for this particular gimmick that Rusev is playing at the moment than Kurt Angle for a match in WWE. Nobody yeah, perfect. and there's nobody around like that now who you can kind of, you know, let him take off the shackles and have a nice long match. I mean, Daniel Bryan would have been my choice if he were still around, but they would have probably WWE'd it a bit. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, see. I'm excited for the uh, for Rusev crush. I'm a big fan. You have a crush on Rusev. Rusev crush. Just go out there, dominate. But I'm a big fan of Rusev. What are you going to do? That's Anything else on Raw catch your eye? Because yes, there were a lot of matches. There was a lot of actual wrestling on this show. We obviously got our main event. We have matches for the pay-per-view now, thankfully, less than two weeks away. Quite a few matches, actually. Two things that uh, stuck out to me um, that, you know, they're critical points. Uh, all your mid-card champs lost yeah. to main eventers. Except mostly. for AJ, but she was in a tag match, so it doesn't count. I just don't like that booking of, of and that's they've been doing that for almost a decade and a half now of, you know, your stars beat your mid-card, which yeah. just cannibalizes rarely, it. Rarely as blatant as they did this time with all of them on the same show losing. Yeah, the only way it would be more blatant is that uh, it is you know Triple H beating the tag champs one on two <laughs> when he would do that. Um, I'm thankful they stayed away from the uneasy tag partners doing doing a tag title run motif. I was oh when they announced that match, I go they're gonna put the belts on Ambrose and Cena. Yeah, no, that's, that, they didn't quite go that the, far. That scared the bejesus out of me because that's just dumb in these days it's been over it's been it's been running to the ground let's put it that way it has uh, been yeah well um, not so I mean, much lately but yeah i get your point i mean for for you know your mid card and stuff like it's a lot i mean if you did anything else like this and they wonder why you know crowds get disinterested in the shows i mean you take disney for example if if all people go to the parks to see is you know mickey minnie Donald and Goofy and maybe Pluto. It wouldn't be as fun, but there are a lot of characters because Disney takes care of, you know, lesser characters and pushes, you know, even their, you know, long forgotten movies, most of which, you know, you know, new generations are seeing every time as big deals. And, you know, you'll get, you know, kids running up to Gus Gus from Cinderella or whatnot. But I mean, if they took out someone like, Gurgi from The Black Cauldron, which is a movie that Disney disowned for almost two decades and just sent him out there. Who's gonna, everybody's gonna go, hey, where's Mickey and Minnie? Because that's what we wanna see. This is the equivalent of the WWE mid card right now. Nobody cares about these guys because they know the matches. They, they fight each other 20 times before a pay per view, and we're supposed to view that as important. They're filler and they're cannon fodder. And something has to change about that, in my opinion. Time um, for change, Jeff Hawkins. Before we, get to the, before we get to the poll match, to finish off all the Rusev uh, stuff, um, we got a call on our Skype line between our last show after the phenomenally infuriating Rock and Rusev segment <laughs> last week on Raw. We had talked about Rock and Rusev, and before I get to this call, do you think that Rusev rebounded from that? Does, does what happened with Rock really matter a week later? I still have casual fans asking if that's going to be a WrestleMania match. So I think it still it lingers until it doesn't linger anymore. Right. We'll play this call from Dante who called in uh, talking Hello. about Rock and Rusev. Dante. And we're going to, uh, we'll talk about it once we get Dante's comments on Rock and Rusev. Uh, hey, Shake Them Ropes. This is Dante. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I follow you guys on Twitter at uh, Dante underscore J underscore K. I was just calling in to weigh in on the Russo's and the rock angle. I'm a younger guy, 25. When that segment first happened, and I was watching it on a delay, um, like after the West Coast delay, I was watching it really late. 
I saw it spoiled on Twitter that The Rock had returned, and so I got real excited. I think I tweeted at Rob that, uh, you know, this is great. This this will be great if Rusev wins the feud, not knowing that this was a one-off thing, you know, because I was watching it, uh, tweeting as it happened. Now that it's the next day and I've had time to think about it, it's a terrible, terrible thing that they did. Rusev is one of those guys that, like, Raw does a lot of things wrong, and Rusev is one of the guys that they're doing correctly or they were doing correctly where you can kind of be patient. It's like, you know, I get that. He's just going to, they're going to build him slowly, and I'm fine with that. He had a real spark with the Jack Swagger feud that kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think people expected that to get as much heat as it did, but it, it got heat, and the match at SummerSlam was amazing. You know, it was really good for him. But this Rock thing, this is bad because, and I'm fi- I found out today that this was an idea that they had on Monday. This wasn't like long-term plan. The Rock happened to be in New York, and they found a way to get him get him one raw. Uh, this was fairly late. So you take someone that you've been building for months, probably have a years of, of building um, in place, and you make a, a split decision to have the rock come out there for cheap ratings pop and uh, have him bury your best rising heel. He goes out there, does the jokes, does some sexy stuff about Lana, and then lays the smack down on Rusev, and that's it. There's, there's no rub here. It's a burial. And now the biggest problem is that the rock is giving people a reason to check out of their gimmick because he said people don't boo you because you support Russia. People boo you because you're assholes. But um, keep up the good work, guys, and uh, thanks. People boo you because you're assholes was indeed a line that The Rock said about Rusev. That was Dante commenting on The Rock and Rusev angle from last week, which at the time I was kind of on his side on. I still pretty much am. I think you could have done without that. Again, you could have put someone else in uh, Rusev's role for that and had the same exact segment, just as good, just as entertaining, just as worthwhile. But yeah, it's good to know that we weren't the only ones who were not a big fan of that. Oh, Dante's jumped you in terms of my favorite people on this podcast. It's a very easy thing to do, though. He's going on my ballot as as best non-shake-them-ropes person who's involved with shake-them-ropes. Ooh, man, taken over from uh, Nick Dinsmore and Chris Harrington and Todd Martin. Oh, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I, but but no, I, I totally agree with him, and it goes back to my point of why you don't have the authority interact with mid-cards and make them look stupid as well. It it, it kills credibility with with guys who don't need it. And yeah, it, <laughs> it wasn't necessary. It made him look stupid, and it's part of the same thing that we trashed WCW and TNA for years in, oh, you put the young up-and-comer in there with a star, he's going to get the rub no matter how stupid he looks. It's just not true. Yep. We're we're still going to see on Rusev. I, I'm really high on this guy. I think he is going to be a pretty big deal. Another person he is not, he is not Nathan Jones. <laughs> just to add another name onto the list. He's not, he is not John Hayden Reich. He is not, not he's not Alex Riley, who also might be making a wrestling comeback. What? He wrestled on the NXT house shows this oh. past weekend. Now, obviously he could have just been there. Uh, just wanted to wrestle on the shows. Why not? But maybe he is training for a real comeback. He's been at the performance center training. Maybe it's comeback time. Hope so. I liked him. You know who it is not comeback time for? Pole matches. The Baltimore Orioles are about to lose to the Kansas City Royals. By the time anyone listens to this, the Kansas City Royals could be heading to the World Series. And Monday Night Raw takes place this Monday in Kansas City. How convenient. There's cheap heat coming. We're going to get some Royals. We're going to get some Royals. Um, Pole matches. We had yes. a poll match on Raw. Uh, before I let you get into your thing, I am just going to undercut you and say it was not All a right. big deal, and it was on Raw to set up a pay-per-view main event. It is just okay. And you go. I just found the logic of making a poll match uh, bad. I mean, I get, I get that they don't want to... Well, we don't want John Cena to lose, because when John Cena loses, it should matter, but every time John Cena is lost, it hasn't mattered. You know the last time we had a contract on a pole match? TNA? No, it was WWE. Actually, TNA may have done one in between, but I don't recall it. But WWE did one. Okay. Nick Eugene Dinsmore (laughs) versus the Calgary Kid. 
Ah, the Miz. Yeah, no, that's a uh, corporate synergy, kids. Go listen to the interview. That um, that Eugene match, by the way, for the poll, might have been better than this John Cena Dean Ambrose match. Oh, it definitely was because I mean, just have a ladder match if you're going to do this kind of thing. Because a pole match is a little bit different. A pole match is Chekhov's gun. You put a coal miner's glove or a weapon of some kind on the pole, and it's there as a presence. It's not the end all to itself. It's supposed to be something that will turn the tide of a match. So you always have the drama of having it there, and then you have your contrived spots where people are grasping at it and you pull them down. But to do it this way, I just it was it was a it was a poor match. Logically, you can't suspend a lot of disbelief in it if that's the be-all, end-all for the thing because, hey, just throw the guy out, run up the pole, grab the contract, boom, boom, boom. Um, I, I like old-school pole matches better. I'll, I'll just say that. And I, I, don't, I think you could have beaten John Cena. I think that would have given Dean Ambrose quite a bit of momentum. I get why you don't do it storyline-wise. I get why you don't do it star-wise, but... I don't see a problem with it necessarily. You, you definitely could have beaten John Cena. I don't think it was smart to put two somewhat anticipated matches. Cause let's face it, Dean Ambrose and John Cena, if done properly, could be a big match down the road. Yes. In a singles match. It was rushed. If you were going to be doing it on a pay-per-view this time in a real pay-per-view match setting. So I don't think they should have done the match at all which is why I may be more upbeat on them doing this poll match on Raw because I was glad that they didn't actually have a real match. It actually did better for me. Um, the poll match, yeah, you could do a ladder match. It seems like ladder matches have generally overtaken that spot. Yeah, but, you- it ta- but but my, my, my logic was, well, Rollins won his briefcase, and since Rollins is the guy doing it, we have a ladder match as kind of a tie-in with the Rollins feud. Yeah, that was... no, I, I would have been better with a ladder match, but I can understand. I think to the fans, to the casual fans, ladder matches mean more than pole matches. That may be yes. an obvious statement. So you advertise a ladder match, and then all of a sudden Dean Ambrose and John Cena becomes a real match that I didn't want in the first place. I don't want it now. Because the match I want now is Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Yeah. You're throwing I mean, John it... Cena in there, and everything's cluttered. Right. And the other thing was Dean didn't look strong getting the contract. He, well, no one looks strong in this entire well, thing. Well, but 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 hear me out here. Uh the the commentary all talking about how stupid he was and what a dummy he was and how, you know, poor planning and you know, they're trying to play up the lunatic angle. I get that, but and then and then it's John Cena's doesn't isn't losing because Dean did something smart. It's because oh, he was distracted and then this moron somehow found a way up it to get the contract. It it took less heat off the main event again. The real main event. Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah. made the oh. story about John Cena not being able to get his revenge in the Brock match as opposed to what the people really wanted three months ago, which was to see Dean and Seth in a cage and beating each other up. So, I mean, what did Ambrose really get out of that win other than being very entertaining? I don't even know if he was very entertaining. Well, I mean, the the, the taunting at the end I liked and the, and the promo, but... Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying pretty much. It just, it did nothing for him. I, if I'm Dean Ambrose in the real life fight like that, yes, he's the crazy one. He's probably the only one who should be doing a taunt like that. But at the same time, you've been fighting for weeks and months to get Seth Rollins for half a year, really to get Seth Rollins. You finally have that shot right in front of you. Don't spend an extra second trying to get it because you've been screwed before. Yeah, no, be happy that this is what you wanted. Now I get what I, oh, if he should have been overjoyed by this as opposed to taunting Cena, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean, after everything he's gone through, where he's almost had Am- or Rollins before and then got his head smashed in concrete, I don't think he'd take any chances. This should be his version of the world championship. But, but that's not to say that I didn't, because I might be one of the more positive people on this poll match, the segment in general, because again, I didn't want the real Cena-Ambrose match yet. I okay. wanted them to advertise a real match for the pay-per-view, and I got both of those things. All right. So I am, I am upbeat on no, that. No, I, I, think, I think your comments are, are warranted. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, that Cena promo before the match. That was <laughs> a go-home promo for a match happening in five minutes, and it was the basic John Cena promo. Watch this because I'm going to win. Guess what, John? Heel, that was a heel promo. You can kind of take it that way, sure. <laughs> That's what gets me in it's like, well, you know, so even though he's never going to turn, it's like, man, you can point to that and go, well, there you go. I mean, 
I thought the authority was in charge. This, I didn't know John Cena was in charge. This show That's was full of uh, heels cutting babyface promos and babyfaces yeah. cutting heel promos. This was yeah. one wacky night of Raw. Wacky is one way to put Wacky it. Wacky night of Raw. You're going to get the Bellas facing off at each other on uh, Hell in a Cell, not in a cage, of course, because let's face it, that was never going to happen. Yeah. You're going to get the big show going up against Rusev, and you're going to get Sheamus against The Miz for whichever belt it is that Sheamus has. I think the U.S. title. Yes. Yep. Because so, Cesaro, was, Cesaro was giving you the, uh, the, the, the IC is the working man's belt. It is. Even though, even though nobody wanted to put the IC belt on Cesaro in April because they thought it would be an albatross. This Continue. guy has been fighting for so long and so hard to get that stupid intercontinental title. Just give it to him and let him keep it for a while. Why and not? What do you got to lose? He'll be jobbing to Randy Orton. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I was going to say I was fine with that, but that's probably one match I'm not fine with. Uh, it's going to happen. Randy so. Orton can beat up. Uh, who can Randy Orton RKO for an RKO vine? How about Mini Gator? Would we oh. enjoy that one? Rosa Mendez? I think I would enjoy that one. ShakeThemRopes.com. You can listen to all our past shows, including our interview last week with Nick Dinsmore talking uh, the Performance Center, NXT, his time training there, his time in India, living there, training Indian wrestlers who didn't know what they were doing, and uh, Finn Baller learning to drive. A lot of fun stuff in that interview. Listen to all our shows, ShakeThemRopes.com. Oh, did you see the uh, the tweet? Yeah, picture of Dusty Rhodes in the car. Yep, (laughs) that's great. They're going with it. They're going with it. Put them in his uh, debut vignettes for all we uh, for all we care. Could be fun. Um, Yeah, they are going to be taping TV NXT TV taping next week for the shows leading up to the next live special, tentatively for December 11th. So a lot of stuff coming up with NXT. We'll see if there are any other debuts happening. We might get Finn Baller's debut match on the NXT tapings. Who knows? And then next week, we will be back on Shake Them Ropes talking Hell in a Cell, going through our preview and predictions. Previews and predictions that are sure to be wrong on my part. But hey, if you're a better and you want to know who's going to win, just bet on whoever I say is going to lose, and you should do quite well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke you again. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose any prediction game. But that is Shake Them Ropes for this week. Hope you enjoy. Hope you subscribe to the podcast for free. Just Google Shake Them Ropes and it'll get you there. Or go to shakethemropes.com, at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. For Rob McCarron, that's Jeff Hawkins. We are out, son. Clarence Beaks. If you have an opinion on the world of WWE, we want to hear it. Send your tweets to at Shake Them Ropes. Email us at rob at shakethemropes.com. Or call in on our Skype and phone lines. We have a voicemail box set up to take your calls 24-7. Just call in on our Skype username, Let's Say Things. That's L-E-T-S-S-A-Y-T-H-I-N-G-S. Or via the telephone at 260-494-3811. That's 260-494-3811. And leave a voicemail with your thoughts. We will play your comments on our next show and talk about them. Follow us on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes for all of our show happenings and our recording schedule. And check out ShakeThemRopes.com for all of our contact information. Shake Them Ropes is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find Voices of Wrestling on Twitter at Voices Wrestling or online at VoicesOfWrestling.com. In the world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.